So the role of marketers is to nurture people through the customer journey. The role of advertising, as we see it, is to complement your owned and operated activities. So your email marketing, your website, um, in, in nurturing people through the purchase journey. So when they're not on your website and they're not in your email and they're not receiving your SMS messages, how do you nurture them through the journey? Hello and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. I'm your host, Norbert Strappler, the CEO of SingSpider. Hello and welcome to another Ecom Ops podcast. Today I'm talking to Brandon Hutches from Optly. And Optly is really a cool tool. Um, it's, um, they say it's the only single click ad spend optimizer for e commerce businesses. This is really great. Welcome, Brandon. Great to have you uh, here. Hi. hi, Norbert. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a very interesting topic, especially um, as the podcast is. Uh, tied to e-commerce businesses. So um, tell me a bit more about um, where you come from and, and how did you get into e-commerce? Yeah, so look, I've been in e-commerce since uh, 1997. So I'm, I'm a, almost a veteran of, of, of the industry yeah. and building <laughs> e com websites for a financial services company and for um, you know physical goods as well. And um, the problem that I've always had when I was in an e-commerce company myself is when you're advertising across the big walled garden. So think Facebook and Google. Um, and nowadays, you know, to get to your customers, think Pinterest and Snapchat and TikTok, right? And all of these platforms. Yeah. Um, you spend money individually on the different platforms and trying to tie it together um, is hard. And then trying to use any data that you're collecting to make better decisions is, is hard. Um, so if you're in Shopify, so we specialize um, in, in Shopify and uh, the big platforms. So, you know, uh, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and now TikTok make it very easy for you to connect your catalog, to get started with advertising and get some instant results there very quickly. But as soon as you try and scale that up, um, then it gets more difficult. Where do I spend more in order to build my upper funnel? Where do I spend more to get more kind of qualified traffic to my website? on the assumption that not everybody's going to buy the first time they see your product or they engage with your brand. Um, so the solution that we've built out is we connect and normalize the data from the different ad platforms, join it together with your Google Analytics, your attribution data, and your Shopify data. And all of a sudden, you start to see the world much more clearly, right? You can see what's driving um, you know, each stage of the purchase journey, what's driving my customer lifetime values, um, and then our so that we baked a strategy into our software, um, so you can see the different stages of the of the purchase journey, and then we start to provide recommendations about um, where to spend. So we might suggest, hey, take some money from this Instagram campaign and put it into this YouTube campaign, and then with a single click, we'll do that. We'll take money from Google and give it to Facebook. We'll take money from Facebook and give it to Google because, in principle, you don't care where you spend your money; <laughs> you just want to get a better result. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and. Um, does it only work for Shopify or do you uh, also provide it for other tools? 
Yeah, so it, it connects in with Google Analytics. So if you were connected, um, if you have e-commerce enabled, uh, e-commerce reporting enabled in Google Analytics, and you've connected your Google Analytics, of course, with your e-com store, with your platform, um, then it works, right? Yeah. But um, it's, it's uh, you know, Shopify is, is probably the platform that um, makes it easiest for people to get up and running and to build their stores and to start spending money on the ad platforms. And they'll happily take as much money as you give them, right? <laughs> um, and then yeah. you end up maybe double counting conversions and spending twice as much as maybe you need to because you're not able to deduplicate and see what's actually delivering for you. Yeah, absolutely. What was the impetus uh, behind creating this tool? So the, the team have been working for, we've been around for about 10 years and yep. building this toolkit for big media agencies. So, you know, here in Europe, we've been focusing on working with Group M, with IPG, OMD, mm -hmm. Havas, and helping them solve this problem for their big kind of brand clients. Um, and over the years, we've had a number of um, SMB e-commerce companies who've said, hey, you know, can we solve that solution ourselves? We don't particularly actually use an agency. We want to retain control and transparency. Um, and um, so what we, we've done in the last 12 months is we've replatformed the product um, and um, it's, not net, it's no longer dependent on the agency stack, right? You know, mm -hmm. the double-click um, um, infrastructure. Um, it now integrates with the tools that an internal team is using within an e-commerce company. So typically yep. you're using Google Ads, Facebook Ads, Google Analytics, and then your platform is kind of connected in as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really, I think the biggest change in the industry that we've seen in the last kind of 12 months that's really affecting people is, you know, privacy and the cookie and the pixel. Um, and in particular with, in, with the Facebook world, that's been a real challenge for people in the last six to nine months, which is um, they're seeing wildly different data now in Facebook versus what they see in their e-com platform. And they're really struggling to, to join the dots on that. So our approach on it is we don't take, we don't try and create a single source of truth, right? Because yeah. I, I would suggest it's impossible today, right? Because you've got view through impression data from inside the platforms and they're no longer going to share that audience data, they're not able to, we don't want them to from a privacy perspective. And then you've got first click attribution in something like Shopify, you've got last click attribution in something like Google Analytics. Um, so what we do is we combine the data and use all of the performance signals from the different sources in order to um, inform our algorithms and say, right, well, uh, Facebook says this, Shopify says this, Google Analytics says this. The truth is somewhere between all of the Different data As sources. always, yeah. Everyone yeah. wants to show the best result for you or for them. Yes. And yes, uh, yeah, exactly. it's, it's better to analyze it deeply. And um, did, did you get any, um, any, any help from those uh, channels? So are they willing to assist you developing this and, and giving support? Or um, is, is this everything really um, self-researched and try and error approach? Yeah, so, so we're... Um... We're ad tech partners, right, of the big platforms. Yeah. So, so we're deeply integrated into them. The problem with the, let's call it the advertising ecosystem, is that nobody's really incentivized um, for you to figure this stuff out, right? So, mm -hmm. so Google isn't really incentivized for you to figure out what contribution Facebook or TikTok or Snapchat are making 
to your sales. Like it's only recently (laughs) they've announced that even with Google Analytics, which is, you know, 80, 90% of e-com stores are using Google Analytics. um, And um, they're only just announced that they're going to change, you know, from the default last click attribution model um, to change it to a data-driven model, right? And, you know, in principle, that's shameful, right? So for the last 10, 15 years, every e-com store, their default attribution model is favors one ad platform, which is, you know, last click search and shopping kind of, you know. Um, So that's a challenge. So so when we work with them um, uh, and we're, you know, we're close partners with them, you know, we we need to push them and criticize them and and get them to kind of, um, um, to change and and, and make data more accessible, performance data, not audience data, more accessible to people like us. Um, But we don't believe that they're ever going to solve this problem. I think Shopify, um, you know, have some major projects ongoing at the moment where they're trying to resolve the attribution problem for their clients because it is a big problem. And, um, but they're struggling with that as well. So everybody's kind of struggling with with the attribution problem. Yeah, I think so. Um, And uh, it's it's also very curious about um, many people in e-commerce believe that Google and and, and Facebook make it easy to scale up an e-commerce store efficiently. Yeah. Mm. what are your thoughts on this? You mentioned that there is also YouTube, there is TikTok, there is Snapchat. Um, what, what what channels are um, maybe even better or good or bad? Or what do you think okay. about those channels set up? So, so what we see is that most e-com merchants start at what we call the bottom of the funnel, right? So we integrate our product catalogs into the Google Merchant Center. And we launch dynamic product ads into Facebook and Instagram, etc. And, and, and very quickly people see, you know, can very often see a nice return on ad spend, right? Um, mm-hmm. and then when they want to scale, it, it suddenly becomes more difficult, right? When you want to spend more money, the spend becomes less efficient. And why is that? And, um, very often it's because you're competing at the bottom of the funnel in an auction, right? For, um, where, where you're struggling to differentiate your product. So, um, you're selling, you know, uh, a particular, you know, home utensil. Um, and if you're in Google shopping and somebody's searching for that type of utensil, then you've very little opportunity to differentiate yourself to build customer engagement other than maybe on price um, and, you know, the quality of your photography, right, in, in that environment. So what we see at the um, successful direct-to-consumer and e-commerce brands doing is investing in what we call the middle and upper funnel, right? And, and, and what do I mean by that? And why are we talking about the funnel, you know, 120 years after this thing was first kind of conceived? Um, and the main point here is that consumers, you know, go through different cognitive and behavioral stages on their path to purchase. So, you know, before anybody is, you know, begins a purchase journey and it will ultimately buy with you, they need to become aware of a problem that they want to solve, a need that they want to fulfill or a desire that they want to satisfy. And unless that happens cognitively um, and even emotionally, then the purchase, no purchase journey commences. Typically go into what we call research mode, right? So or um, information gathering. So we take time and we, and even if we're not actively shopping around, we have a frame of reference for the product category that we're looking in. We know what prices to we should expect. We have expectations around delivery. And so, so we have a framework um, that we work within to 
um, evaluate our options, right? And then the last stage of the, the purchase journey is typically, um, you know, making that decision. And that's heavily influenced by cognitive bias, such as social proof, authority bias, scarcity, urgency, and kind of things like the power of free or kind of offers, et cetera, to drive through. So the role of marketers is to nurture people through the customer journey. The role of advertising, as we see it, is to complement your owned and operated activities. So your email marketing, your website, um, in, in nurturing people through the purchase journey. So when they're not on your website and they're not in your email and they're not receiving your SMS messages, how do you nurture them through the journey? So we would structure our, um, our ad campaigns and we've, we've built a strategy into our technology, which says, look, at the top of the funnel, um, we're trying to inspire people um, who might be in market for our product with our brand and our product proposition and our brand story. And there's an emotional connection, right? So um, the product isn't the hero of the creative and messaging. It's the change that can happen in your life, right? Yeah. Um, why, why, why should I even consider changing my life? How can my life be improved? In the, and once we get people to, to engage with us at that level, and we can do that really cost effectively in the, in the social channels in particular today and on YouTube, we then take them through the education phase. And you might say, well, how do I educate people through ads, you know, through a very limited kind of um, frame within, within a social or other platform? Um, and we use different ad formats. So we'll use carousel ads, which is these, you know, multiple frames where you can kind of highlight key features and benefits of your product. Or we might use longer form video, um, explainer videos and how-to videos about hey, how to make our product work for you. Highlighting again, kind of how our product is different and other solutions in the market. Um, and at the lower end of the funnel, we're driving people into sales. So middle funnel, we're saying, hey, learn more, find out more on our website and you know, you're researching more. And people will buy at that stage of the funnel. So you'd have a lower return on ad spend probably because you're educating and you're supporting people as they are in their consideration phase. Um, and at the lower end of the funnel, it's you're talking to people who you know are in market for your product, right? They've actively engaged, they've been actively searching but you've nurtured them to that point. So um, you're hoping they're less likely to shop around and just compare you based on price with other solutions in the market. And if they do compare you based on price, the fact that they've had an emotional engagement with you through your purchase journey, that they know more about your product because you've presented more information to them at the right stage of their purchase journey, then you're hoping that just the price differential or maybe some delivery differential um, will still kind of uh, give you the edge, right? In terms of kind of clicking the shop button or the buy button for you. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. And this covers also the question about what a funnel means to you. <laughs> so we know yeah. that exactly. I wanted yeah. to ask what a funnel means because okay, funnel is yeah. always uh, a bit different for, for everyone. But yeah, it's it's actually the truth. Uh, if people come to a website, they, they have a need or they have uh, uh, something to, to solve or they want something. Um, and, and they think about um, the product, the pricing and everything. They Google maybe even a coupon code to get it a bit cheaper. <laughs> um, but actually, there is a funnel. And, and to understand this and to accumulate all the data, 
within one software tool that provides a suggestion is really a good idea to save money and make right decisions. Um, how easy is it for me? Because you mentioned those different kind of ads um, to 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 um, um, yeah to to create an ad in uh, within your account, or do I need to create the ads somewhere else and you just optimize them, or can I create them or automatically create them already in your um, uh, software? Yeah, so so we're an ad strategy optimization um, solution, and so what we what our software does is you you create your ads and your campaigns in the different platforms because that's the best place to do it in our yeah. minds, and um, you know because you're connecting your audiences and your creative and your copy and your and, and your bid strategies, um, and with a simple connection you connect your let's say your Facebook ads account and your Google ads accounts with our our, our software. And we automatically start to um, organize your campaigns based on a funnel strategy. So we'll highlight, um, hey, here's the campaigns that based on the structure of those campaigns in the ad platforms, our software um, concludes that they are optimizing for the top of the funnel for building awareness and engagement. And um, here's a bunch of campaigns that are driving, you know, engaged traffic to your website um, in the middle of the funnel. And here's, here's a bunch of conversion campaigns. Um, and of course, you can move things around and you can kind of adjust kind of where everything sits within, you know, a strategy and you can redefine your own strategy, right? You can have say, hey, I just do, I just do, you know, one stage of the funnel and I don't bother about the upper or middle funnel. Fine. Um, and we'll, um, what our platform will do is start to give you recommendations about between campaigns across the different channels. So comparing a Facebook video views campaign with an Instagram video views campaign and starting to show some metrics um, and some recommendations about which one is driving more engagement at a better cost for you. Very cool. Um, Optally Advance. Hmm. What I've read provides growth capital to supercharge e-commerce growth through advertising investments. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, so... What we've seen um, for a lot of founder-led e-commerce companies um, at different times of the year, they struggle with their investments and with cash flow investments in marketing. Mm -hmm. So you've just made a significant order of inventory and it's on a container ship coming from wherever, from China. Um, yeah. As it hits port, right? We Eventually. Hope, and we, hope. we hope that it doesn't stuck <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um and, you know, when that lands, you maybe have to spend 100, 200,000, you know, euros to, to, to get it off the ship, right? And, and that can create cash flow challenges. In particular, now you want to promote, um, your product offering and you want to market it. Um, and, um, so what we've done is we've put together a package which sees, um, uh, together with our technology kind of solution, where um, it's what we call revenue-based finance. So um, you'll uh, it's essentially a cash advance, which is then paid back at a, at a fixed fee, um, typically around about six percent of the of the amount um, uh, advanced, and it's paid back on a daily basis as a percentage of revenue. So um, it's usually a short-term um, financing option where payback within four to six months. There's no no regular. Um, payment. It's based on so um, usually around about kind of maybe ten percent of of your daily revenue. So it just comes off the top on a daily basis. So it's a very flexible, easy um, um, kind of cash financing for e-commerce kind of solution. And uh, and it, it doesn't matter how 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 long it takes you to pay it back. The fixed fee doesn't change. So it's it's not based on interest rates. Um, and what very we find with that is 
Yeah, it just gives... Um, so what our solution does is helps people to get better value from their ad spend across the different platforms. Um, and then in parallel to that as well, okay, if you if you want to invest upfront then um, and you're struggling because of short-term cash flow, then we have a solution that kind of can help you fund that. Very interesting and a very good approach, I think, especially in the holiday seasons when you really need to stock up your warehouses uh, with a lot of investments in, in, yeah. in, in the goods. So this is really a really cool solution uh, definitely to check out. Um, on your LinkedIn, uh, under um, Optily, you say, remember the last time an ad per, uh, platform or agency recommended you lower <laughs> your ad spend? Probably yeah. not. Um, <laughs> this is really an interesting message. Uh, how does having the ability to recommend things like that um, for for better results for customers. Yeah, look, the problem with the ad industry is nobody has an incentive for you to spend less. Yeah, I, I struggle to name a technology um, vendor, um, a, an ad platform, an agency business model. Um, and the problem with that is that and when that's the case, then it's essentially you as the merchant fighting against an entire industry, right? Yeah. Um, so look, our, our, what our solution, um, we've, we charge a fixed fee. So you know, for a monthly basis, you get an ad strategy in a box for you know, $299. Um, and um, there's no, it doesn't increase um, or decrease depending on how much you spend. If you have more ad strategies, then you, you pay a little bit more. And, and that's very important for me because I can't have my software engineers my team, um, or any of our financial people incentivize for people to spend more money, right? Because strange things start, start to happen when that's the case, okay? Um, and that's not in, it's never in a merchant's best interest, right? So that, hey, I need you to spend, you know, $50,000 or euros this month. Okay, why? Because, well, it'll, it'll help grow your business, right? Uh, um, <laughs> not, not even <laughs> their business, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll help. It'll help yeah, promote Facebook's business and Google's business, yeah, and and yeah. that's fine. And the agencies and everything. And the agencies' business. Yeah. So look, we're not anti these guys, and we're not anti the platforms or the agencies or tech vendors. Um, I just think it's time that we change the business model across the industry, mm. because the people paying for it um, are at odds, and their incentives are at odds with the entire industry's incentives. Yeah. We've heard words uh, before like uh, first click, last click, data-driven approach. Mm -hmm. What is the difference? So for, for the younger store owners here, um, never heard this. What's the difference? Okay, okay. So um, we're talking about attribution models. So um, how do you, where do you assign the credit for a sale or a conversion or in a website visit? And why is, first of all, why is that important? Because um, it means that um, if you can identify a specific audience or a specific ad or an ad campaign or a platform that is more likely to drive sales, then you'll invest more in that. Um, and um, and last click is the, the default attribution model in Google Analytics. And what, what that says is we give 100% of the credit for this sale to the very last thing that somebody did before they bought, right? So, um, it, it again, it works on the assumption that um, somebody saw an ad somewhere or, 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 or an email, right? It could be an email or, a, or an affiliate website 
um, they clicked on the link and they purchased and that was their full purchase journey. There was no other factors that influence that part. It's 100% credit, right? Um, and that's the default that has been in the industry for 10, 15, 20 years, right? And it's outrageous. It, it, you know, as a market, no marketer believes in that. And yet we're stuck somehow with, with this model. So uh, first, that means yeah. I came on Facebook, saw an ad, clicked the button, paid money for that, uh, that, that the visitor came to my site, <clears throat> checked out my site, went away, went on Google, found a, a Google ad, clicked on, on the ad, paid again for that, came again on the website, browsed again, checked the product, went away, found the retargeting ad, um, came back, and every attribution for that purchase came to Facebook for the retargeting. Yes, and exactly. so we believe Facebook was so great with retargeting 100% attribution. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and if, you, if you followed the logic of that, then you would spend no money on those other two touch points that yeah. heavily influence it, right? Um, now, other platforms have different models. So like first click means you, in your example, you only giving credit to that first Facebook ad that you saw and that nothing else mattered, right? Um, nothing else that happened. So not, not reminding people about your brand. Somebody thought of, went to your website and then they somehow forgot about you. But then a week later, they saw the ad on Google or they did a search and they saw you again. And then they saw the remarketing. None of that counts, right? So, so that model says, don't spend any money on anything else other than the very first thing that somebody did, right? Um, and the data-driven model is, is um, it's an algorithmic model. Um, and what that does is it, it starts to um, uh, do some propensity modeling. So, okay, let's assume there was three touch points. Um, it starts to calculate if we, let's say we remove the middle Google touch point in your example. Um, okay, well, what is the volume of conversions increase or decrease as a result of that? So let's presume mm -hmm. it decreases. And on the basis of ongoing calculations, because it's data driven, and um, then a credit will be given to the Google channel or the Google ad. Um, and then this, kind of approach over time um, gives you better insights into the different stages and the different different touch points through the funnel. Now, the problem for all of these attribution models is that um, the vast majority of, of them are based on click data, okay? So somebody might have seen your ad, you know, let's say two or three times in Instagram or Facebook and not clicked. Okay, so none of the attribution models that are in, in the in the market, in particular, either let's say Shopify does something around attribution, as does Google Analytics. None of those solutions can handle the impression, the view through conversion data that Facebook owns. So the approach that we take on that is we combine those bits of data. So for an individual ad campaign, um, we'll show you the. The, what Facebook sees, so the view through and the um, impression data and conversion data, mm -hmm. we'll combine that with the Google Analytics attribution data, and we'll combine that with the Shopify ads attribution data. And it's that combination of data which gives you a much fuller picture um, Very of, of what's working. Yeah. Yeah. And can you do this, although a user did not accept the cookies? Yeah, so, and, and this is part of the, um, I guess, the challenge in the industry is that um, some cookies are working better than others, right? And some platforms are being more blocked, like iOS 14 is blocking um, and beyond is blocking kind of the Facebook kind of pixels, et cetera. So our decision as an organization and strategically is we're not going to put a yet another pixel 
or another optically cookie on your website or JavaScript, because um, that'll create even more problems for you. So yes. what we do is we take the best of all of the data that you have available. Because you, Facebook is still working to a significant, significant extent. The conversion API is one solution that helps you overcome some of the, the cookie um, uh, issues. Google Analytics, you know, is is typically considered an analytics cookie, so is in a different category maybe to the ads trackers and ads cookies. Um, we understand Google Analytics is also coming out with cookie list solutions and um, and even first party kind of cookie versions of the analytics platform. And then of course the Shopify platform, um, which is based on UTM taggings, is also kind of considered first party. So. In as much data as you have that that you're able to collect, um, it, again, it's the combination of all of those data points that give us a better overall picture of what's actually going to deliver future success. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. Very, very interesting. Um, now, what I often ask and uh, what the listeners are really curious for, um, can you tell us a few common mistakes you see in businesses making for their digital advertising strategies? Okay. Um, so most e-commerce businesses, um, we spend most of our money and our time in the bottom of the funnel. So, um, and, and the biggest challenge with that is um, it's difficult to scale out of there. We need to engage with customers at a different kind of different stages of the funnel. And, and specifically, a common problem we see is that we're using lower funnel tactics and ad formats and creative um, to go prospecting. So, so a conversion campaign um, is typically the most expensive cost per action. Right? You might be willing to spend 10 euros, you know, CPA cost to, to acquire the customer, right? Um, and very often we see the messaging, um, the, the, the conversion objectives, the creative um, and the offers that are working at the bottom of the funnel being deployed to prospect and find, you know, with broad audiences who have never heard of your product, that you don't know that they're in market for your product um, and have demonstrated no engagement. So you're spending you're, you're, you're deploying your most expensive kind of creative and advertising approach um, with people who have no interest in your product. So you're highly likely to waste an awful lot of money. Meanwhile, there are very effective ways to do prospecting and um, very cost-effective ways to do it at the upper, the top of the funnel. So typically using short-form video and finding people who are engaging with and building audiences on people who are engaging with, with your creative. Um, so really the biggest obstacle to scaling that we see is um, trying to scale out from the bottom of the funnel um, uh, by using the wrong strategies and, um, and not deploying the right audience and creative and copy mix um, at the different stages of the funnel. Mm-hmm. Got it. Cool. Um, yeah, thanks so much. We're coming to an end. Um, let me ask you the last question for the day. Who has taught you the most about e-commerce in your career? Um, great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, look, I, I think I'm going to, um, uh, I'm going to defer to, to Amazon, right? And why am I going to do that is... Um, I think in, when we think about UX and UI, we talk about patterns um, and we talk about kind of how users expect to to interact. And I think everything that 
Amazon has done on the user journey um, is highly instructive for every e-commerce merchant. So all of the tactics that are deployed, if you can deconstruct a Facebook product listing page, right, and really understand all of the different elements that are in there, um, then yeah, Jeff Bezos has got it right. Um, and we could we could do a lot worse than just exactly replicate um, a lot of what's happening on on, on that platform. Yeah, I, I just want to mention a book here. Um, it's uh, "Don't Make Me Think." It's it's really a great book, yeah. uh, a must read. It explains so much, uh, and, and it. It's simply the truth. Don't make me think. And it's yeah. everything that is really easy for for customers um, to to understand when they see it. Don't be too creative with with what you're doing, because uh, no one has time to understand your create creativity. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's okay to have a classical product grid and a classic product detail yes. view and a classic checkout. Nothing needs to be that creative and, and, and extravagant. Everyone just want to purchase quick and they need to know what to do on the website. Yeah. And, and look, last point on that is one of the reasons why when our team, um, you know, see a Shopify store owner, for example, <laughs> uh, coming and onboarding with our platform, um, th th there's always smiles, right? Because on the one hand, um, Shopify has, they've locked everything down, right? So you have very limited control. But it's a finely tuned customer purchase journey. The conversion rates are very predictable through that. With other platforms, you get much more control. But unfortunately, there's far more opportunity to break things, right? And yes. to add friction and to force people to think about where do I click now and what am I supposed to do now? So yeah, let's... Don't make me think. Don't make me think. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, just to cover up a few things. So last click, forget it. First click, forget it. Get for a data-driven approach. Really check your data. How was the funnel? Um, and to, to really optimize your ads. And um, yeah, I just can say, try out the tool. Um, I think it's on, uh, on the Shopify App Store. Yeah, it's easiest to go to optly.com and um, and either request a demo or get started. It takes you uh, literally 90 seconds to connect your ad accounts and you'll start to see insights immediately. Perfect. That's great. Thank you so much, Brandon. was a great podcast. Talk soon and good Likewise. luck. Likewise. Thanks, Norbert. Bye -bye. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for EcomOps Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.